Welcome back to the Ascend Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we find ourselves in Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19 reads, Now when Jesus had finished these sayings, he went away from Galilee and entered to the region of Judea beyond the Jordan. And large crowds followed him, and he healed them there. And Pharisees came up to him and tested him by asking, Is it lawful to divorce one's wife for any cause? He answered, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And he said, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. They said to him, Why then did Moses command one to give a certificate of divorce and to send her away? He said to them, Because of your hardness of heart, Moses allowed you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning it was not so. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. The disciples said to him, If such is the case of man with his wife, it is better not to marry. But he said to them, Not everyone can receive this saying, but only those to whom it is given. For there are eunuchs who have been so from birth, and there are eunuchs who have been made eunuchs by men, and there are eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Let the one who is able to receive this receive it. Then children were brought to him, that he might lay hands on them and pray. The disciples rebuked the people, but Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them. For to such belong the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and went away. And behold, a man came up to him, saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these I have kept. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you would be perfect, go, sell what you possess, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I say to you, only with difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. Again I tell you, it's easier for the camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Then Peter said in reply, See, we have left everything and followed you. What then will we have? Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, in the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sister or father or mother or children or lands for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. As we focus in on our nugget for today, uh, these three different stories that really come together to bring us Matthew chapter 19 seem to have not too much in common. But as we look closer, what we see is all three of these are teaching that there is often a perception of what is supposed to be understood and a reality that Jesus is explaining too. So what do I mean by that? First off, the teaching of divorce the teaching here with the children, and then this rich young ruler display to us the fact that the people were willing to follow a rule that was not necessarily the true focus of what was meant by that. So here with the teaching of divorce, Moses had allowed these people to write these certificate of divorces. And at this specific time in the nation of Israel, basically uh, they could divorce their wife for any reason. And so they are coming asking a question about this, trying to get him caught into uh, saying things that he doesn't necessarily want to say. But as they're asking him this question, he says, it's not really how God intended it. In fact, 
what we currently have is only there because of the hardness of your hearts. And so it's the same concept here with the little children. Children were not considered to be valuable people in the society. They had very little to offer. They cost money. They cost food. They cost time. They really didn't contribute to what's going on. So they would not be invited to be with such an influential person like Jesus who is doing these great teachings and miracles. But Jesus displays it's not really about what you perceive their worth is, but in fact what God understands their work is. Because God understands that their worth is related to his kingdom. In fact, these children who are made in the image of God, who have not been tainted by the world, who have not been given into the different systems that are there, who are humbly coming to him, are actually closer to those who will enter heaven than the religious rich people that are around him. That leads us to the third story here with the rich young man. This man says, hey, I followed all of these rules that you're talking about. But Jesus says, yes, you followed the rules, but you have not followed the heart of the rule. When we look back at the rules that are given there, the commandments, or these 10 words that were given in the book of Exodus, the purpose of those words was to display to others how one had given their life to the Lord and the totality of what that meant to be called his children. So as they were going to be recognized as God's people, they recognized that he was the one who brought them out of the land of Egypt. And so he said, my children will live like this. They will live in such a way that others will see how they have focused themselves on loving me and loving the others around him. What he sees in this section and what Jesus displays through his all-knowing presence is that this man truly could make it look like he loved God and loved others, but really this man loved money. And so each of these three situations, there's a truth that's being taught about a misunderstood reality where the people live. So the misunderstanding about really what divorce is there for, the misunderstanding of what uh, children's value are, and the misunderstanding of what it means to truly follow Jesus. And so it's not about checking off boxes. It's not about saying, okay, I can find this verse or this part that allows me to live this way. But how do we choose to love Jesus? How do we choose to love God? How do we choose to love others? Is that truly the mark of our relationship with the Lord? And the disciples once again give us an insight into how difficult it is for us to truly live this life, to live a life that is focused on loving God and loving others. They ask Jesus about if this person's not able to make it, then who truly can be saved? And he says something that's very important for us to understand. It's not about these people earning their salvation, but it's about God changing that person's life. Now, where do we see that? We see that in verse 26. It says, with man, this is impossible. It's impossible for man to earn his salvation. It's impossible for man to do the right things enough so that salvation is given to them. But with God, all things are possible. With God, he could save this rich man. God could choose to save these religious elites that are there. God could choose to save anyone in this because he has the power to break down the hardness of their heart to bring them humbly before him so that they repent and that they give their life to the Lord. And so with that answer, what we see is that man's efforts are not going to ultimately be there to gain salvation, to gain that entrance to heaven that this man is asking for. Because that's what he says. What do I have to do to get eternal life? He says, it's not about what you have to do, but instead it's about what God is going to do in your life. And so this man was not willing to give himself wholeheartedly to that pursuit of the Lord. Therefore, the Lord was not redeeming him. So as we look through that, there's a lot of other things that we could focus in on, but that's kind of an overarching theme that we see throughout this chapter that can help us to really understand 
understand the importance of as we seek to follow God? Are we seeking to check off boxes to live in such a way that we understand that there are certain religious observances, certain practices that we're doing so that we can gain our salvation? Or are we understanding that we're giving ourselves fully to the Lord, knowing that it's only through him working in our midst that we're able to really attain the relationship that we desire? There are many different questions that might arise from this passage, but I'm going to focus on here another one here in the story of the rich young man. As we look back at this situation, it's interesting that the commandments that are displayed are only those that are observable commandments that are there for the other people. And so what do I mean by that? I mean that if you look at the different commandments that are there, they're not commandments about the relationship to the Lord, but the relationship to others. Why is it that those are the ones that are selected? It's interesting because those are actually the ones that are very much observable by the other people around him, and honestly, the ones that are much harder to verify. As we think about this, as you look at some of those, let's focus in on bearing false witness, specifically honoring your father and mother and loving your neighbor as yourself. Those three things, you could say, hey, yes, I do these all the time. I am constantly and consistently obeying them. But we also know how difficult it is to truly be always telling the truth, to truly always be honoring your father and mother, and to truly always be loving the people around us. Each day we make many decisions that are really about us loving ourselves more than others. We can see that when we choose not to stop and help somebody who's in need, not to stop and help others within our home, how we spend our time, many things like that really display that our heart is probably more selfish than what we think. Unfortunately for a rich young man here, he says, no, I'm perfect at those things. And so God says, well, if you're so perfect, let's look into what the real heart issue is that we're aware of, and that's that you really love money more than you love others, more than you love God. By really focusing in on these horizontal relationships, he's able to really display the truth of the fact that this person does not love others as much as they think they do, to display to that man his spiritual bankruptcy so that he sees his need for a savior and has to be in a position where he chooses, am I going to do what's been asked of me or am I going to continue to live my life as I see it fit? Many other questions arise from this passage that you might be searching for an answer for. We encourage you to find that answer to be able to use resources or people in your life to help do that so that you're able to understand how you can study God's word, how you can seek and find those answers. And then when you find those answers, talk about that with others so that you can see how God is building you up as a messenger of the gospel, how he's equipping you with the knowledge and wisdom that comes from his word so that you can share the good news with those around you. Know as you go today, you are loved. You're